This is The Science Show. I'm Robin Williams, and first, meet Penny Tessica, who's at school in Burnie, in the north of Tasmania. Science is just awesome. It teaches us so much about the world, and we've, through this programme, been able to see the complex interplays between the disciplines, rather than siloing and being taught things separately. It's been really challenging as well, which has been a new experience for me and has been really good to really push myself. It's also been a stepping stone to some of the other Olympiad programs run by ASI. So I attended the Earth Environmental Science Summer School and that was just great. So through the training squad and the related academy, a series of lectures and exams on science, I learnt the skills needed. These included the scientific skills, how to do calculations, but also the mental skills of being able to do homework and revise effectively. These really helped me at the next JSO exam, which was the Australia-wide one, and from there I got selected in the spring school. Then, a week of intense lectures, and from there, another exam, which was possibly the hardest exam of my life, not counting the international one. And that was how I got selected onto the team. Yes, science is just awesome, Penny. She's at the Marist Regional College in Burnie, and is one of those younger pupils now competing in the Science Olympiads, pupils from all over Australia, proving, as we've said on The Science Show before, that there are some very, very smart youngsters coming up fast, hoping for a chance. The local organiser in Canberra is Dr Catherine White. OK, what is the Science Olympiad? Remind us. So there are a number of international science olympiads. The most famous ones are the biology, chemistry, physics and earth science olympiads. Of course, there are also the mathematics and informatics olympiads, which are run by the Australian Mathematics Trust. Those are mainly aimed at students who are in year 11 and 12 kind of age. But I, over the last two years, have been putting together the Australian version of the International Junior Science Olympiad, which is for students who are under 16. So we're looking for students who are kind of year nine or 10 level. And the idea is that over a, a series of selections and trainings, we're looking for a national team of six students who will compete at the international competition, which is held in December each year, different country each year. And they're tested on biology, chemistry and physics. So a thing that makes this Olympiad different to the others is that it is across all of the sciences. So we need to train these year nine and 10 students to have a year 11 and 12 level of knowledge of biology, chemistry and physics. And we do that in a fairly intense program. <laughs> what a challenge. Now, as a segue, you once won the bronze medal, did you not, in chemistry? I was awarded a bronze medal at the 1993 International Chemistry Olympiad. Yes, I was part of the Australian team that year. We got to go to Perugia in Italy, which was a brilliant experience. Indeed, and a friend of mine, and I think someone you know, and his father is always on the science show, Julian Huppert, the former MP of Cambridge, I think got the silver medal. Uh, not in the same year as me, I believe. Julian was a couple of years after me, yeah. So you've been training some of these young people. How do they cope? They're doing incredibly well, yes. So we select them from... Last year we had 4,000 students sit our selection exam, which is held in kind of June, July each year. And in the selection exam, we're looking for students who not only have a good general knowledge of Year 7 to 10 science, but who are also able to take new information and analyse it and sort of infer things 
from it. So students who have good problem-solving skills as well as good general knowledge. And the students that we find using that exam are highly motivated and very excited to be part of the program. So we put together for them the best program of learning that we can manage. I teach the chemistry part. My deputy directors, Dr. Tammy Humphrey and Dr. Sham Nair, who are based in Sydney, teach the physics and the biology part. And yeah, we choose 24 of the top students to be our intensive program. And over the course of August, September, and in an intensive camp in the spring holidays, we bring them up to speed with a fair chunk of year 11 and 12 biology, chemistry and physics. And then from those, we choose the final team of six. I've seen a picture of, is it six of them already, haven't I? Yes. So you may have seen the 2021 team. That was our very first national team that we chose. Of course, that entire program was completed online because it was a COVID year. And the international competition, which was hosted by the United Arab Emirates, was also run online. So we brought the students to Canberra and they completed the exams while being monitored over Zoom by the organisers in Dubai. And they also did their practical exams. The UAE people sent us a a kit of equipment the students were to use to complete the experiments, which they did. One aspect of the IJSO that I very much like in comparison to the other Olympiads is that the experimental task is done as a team. So we have a team of six. It gets divided into two teams of three. And the three students work together to solve the experimental problems that they're given. So it has a genuine aspect of teamwork, which is lovely. Where does Ukraine come into this story? Well, so in 2022, the IJSO was planned to be hosted by Ukraine. Obviously, that couldn't happen in a face-to-face fashion. The Ukrainians were very much hopeful that they would be able to still host an online competition. In the end, the executive committee of the IJSO decided to award it to Colombia at the last moment, and they hosted a face-to-face competition. But the Ukrainians were still, despite all of the difficulties that they were facing, were still very keen to put something together. So they've put together an event that they're calling Science Vision, in a kind of homage to Eurovision, but with a science theme. Our Australian team that we picked in 2022 are competing in that. It involves uh, several exams that the students do and a sort of fun uh, challenge in which the students are mixed into multi-country teams. So teams of three students, but each from a different country. And those teams have to collaborate to put together a three-minute video on some scientific phenomenon they can demonstrate using everyday materials. And that would be voted on. (laughs) So you're telling me that there are still schools open in Ukraine and there are still scientists doing work? Yes, evidently, despite all the difficulties. So we've had several Zoom meetings in which the Ukrainians have said, oh, well, you know, we, we have to finish by this time because the electricity is going off then and you know, we, we will be out of contact. Back last year when they were doing some of the organisation, I had an email from one of the organisers who said, you know, I'm just doing my work, but I sort of have to head back to the front lines sometime soon. So, yeah, it's a difficult situation to imagine for us here in Australia. Indeed. So when are the results coming out over this sort of big field? There's nine countries competing in science vision. The results will come out this weekend and we'll find out how our team went. But I think all six of the students in the team are, apart from anything else, just really excited to be part of this event and to be supporting the Ukrainians. How do you feel that this kind of activity influences the schools from which these young people come? Are they viewed as weird cases over there doing that or are they 
like sports achievers, applauded, welcomed, recognised. I hope that they are recognised and applauded as much as sports achievers. Certainly the teachers in their various schools that I've had contact with have been extremely supportive of them. This week, while they've been doing their competition, they have been doing it at their own schools. So they had to have the support of their schools to do that. So I've been very grateful for the help that their local teachers have given them and me. And what do you think the state of science teaching is in Australia? Because as we speak, the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald and a couple of other papers is saying, you know, public schools at least, the number of pupils is dropping fast and morale must be pretty dreadful. Yeah, it's a very difficult situation. There is definitely a lack of uh, science teachers across the board and I think it shows up particularly in the regional and remote schools and the perhaps the lower income schools, places where it is maybe a little harder to teach. The schools find it very difficult to recruit teachers in general, but particularly for those specialised subjects like the senior sciences. It is partly for that reason that my program has an associated program called the Training Squad, in which we choose students who have sat that selection exam back in June or July who are from regional or remote schools and we give them access to resources and tutoring and support and encouragement so that they can develop their skills over a longer period of time and hopefully sit that selection exam again in years to come and be better prepared. So one of the things I'd like to do is spread the word that the more students sit our selection exam, the more we can capture them into our programs and help them get prepared for things in the future. Catherine, let me know how they do get on. <laughs> I will indeed. And with luck, we'll have results before the end of the science show on RN. Dr. Catherine White, teacher and program director for the Junior Science Olympiad. And so finally to those young pupils and their results for competition in the Junior Science Olympiad just ended. Silver medals went to Penny Tassica of Burnie, whom you heard in the beginning. She's in Tasmania and Penny's was the top silver. Also silver, Julia Mallam, St Catharines, Sydney, and Oliver Downing, Melbourne High. Here's Penny on a sense of purpose. Definitely feeling like all of our hard work over the preceding year for me really was building towards something. I had a concrete end goal rather than just the abstract feeling of learning, which was really good. And here she is on the video prep in the exam. So it was really fun and interesting, but for us especially, it was a challenge at times. So in my three-person team, each of us spoke a different language and we were all in very different time zones. We had to rely on Google Translate and unfortunately, although science may be a universal language, Google Translate certainly does not realise that. And final thoughts on the competition. Well, first of all, science is just awesome. It teaches us so much about the world and we've, through this program, been able to see the complex interplays between the disciplines rather than siloing and being taught things separately. It's been really challenging as well, which has been a new experience for me and has been really good to really push myself. It's also been a stepping stone to some of the other Olympiad programs run by ASI. So I attended the Earth Environmental Science Summer School and that was just great. And I'm hoping to be selected for that team as well. Penny Tassica, who won the top silver in the Olympiad. Gold went to Ian Lai, Queensland Academy, Brisbane, the top gold. Witter Ongara, Scotch College, Melbourne, and Eason Tang, Trinity College, Melbourne. Well done, all of you, and thanks once more to Dr Catherine White, the organiser.